0: The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlay to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100, win $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, November 1st. Can't believe the year is almost over, but it is November 1st. Hopefully, we can start this month with some winning NBA bets, and hopefully, we have a profitable month of November. And joining me to break down the short four-game schedule here in the NBA, maybe talk about some stuff that we saw yesterday The man that does it both on and off the court for SGPN and host of multiple shows across the network. It's my man, Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on, buddy?
1: Nothing much. Had a decent amount of plays yesterday, which worked out pretty well. Did the solo NFL pod for the Monday night game. I ended up hitting the lock there. Had the Browns first half team total over, which got there. Might have been a miracle or two, but we got there. (laughs) And then I ended up winning the lock on the NBA show with the Clippers team total under. 117.5. 117 and a half. I don't know what the hell the odds makers were thinking, but they scored 95. You might've needed two overtimes to go over that, maybe three, but it was never in doubt. Uh, unfortunately, the dogs didn't come through. I faded Doc Rivers in the third quarter and his team actually showed up in the third quarter for one. So congrats. But overall, can't complain, pretty decent uh, Monday, but I hit the lock in both podcasts I did, which is definitely better than losing both. So there you go.
0: Yeah, it was a good uh, day last or yesterday uh, as far as uh, betting wise. Had a couple overs last night. Took a maxi prop as well, um, and, and that one has been catching. If you if you see a Joel Embiid being ruled out, you just need to auto bet uh, maxi's Maxian. over on his points. I think he's now had. I think it's either eight or nine career games where he's played without Joel Embiid in the lineup, and he's gone over, he scored 23 or more points, I think, in eight out of the nine games. So, yeah, that was a good winner last night. Um, yeah, pretty good night of hoops last night. I know you hit, like you mentioned, you hit your plays. Man, I think I kind of stood out for you last night outside of how bad the Clippers are offensively, and I know you and I were talking offline about it, about the Kawhi Leonard situation, but I don't know, maybe we could briefly touch on that before we get to the games tonight. So what are your thoughts on, Kawhi now only playing, what, one game so far this season and now being already ruled out for three more games uh, for the Clippers in the upcoming week.
1: Because that was the main takeaway. We can get into some of the other stuff, but the Clippers one's the one that jumps off the page because I made money on the team total under. And Houston, I think we'd agree, they play slower than we want them to under Silas. Are they a good defensive team? Not really, especially with that backcourt. The Clippers couldn't do anything for a decent amount of the game. And then at the end of the day, Paul George saved the team because he took over for the final five minutes or so at that game winning. First, he had the game tying three. Then he had the go ahead of fadeaway jumper on the corner. But it's six steals at 30 points and change. And they still only scored 95. I mean, you're yeah. looking at what the Clippers have and going into the season, we we praised their depth. We thought they'd be a very deep team. The bench unit would be good. The problem is when Kwai is not there and you're also benching Paul George on occasion Mm -hmm. and you're also going to be looking at Reggie Jackson who's been awful this year and you didn't have John Wall yesterday. It seems like because they keep managing people's minutes and you don't know who's going to play game in game out, you know Kwai's not going to play. So I guess that's some certainty but not in a good way. They don't have any chemistry. Like I feel like you're just going into games expecting to win based on your depth and it's not going to work because you're guys aren't familiar with each other because you don't exactly play that often with the same roster every day. And it seems like going into the year, I like the under on their win total because I couldn't trust Kawhi and Paul George to stay healthy. I didn't think it would take one game. I yeah. didn't think it would be one game in and now kwai has gone AWOL. I didn't see that happening, but we got to at least talk about it because the Clippers have serious ex- expectations. Now we know that they don't care about seating. They're going to try to just be healthy for the playoffs. But even if you get ready for the playoffs, Quizon on pace to play what? Like 12 games this season? Like I know he's going to play more in the, probably in the second half, but I just don't know how you can expect the guy who's had serious injury issues for the last couple of years to just be coddled for the entire regular season and then expect him to play 40 minutes a night in the playoffs for what could be three to four rounds. Yeah, I think that's just a ticking time bomb at this point. You, because I don't I don't know how this is supposed to work.
0: Yeah, I, I, I we don't I don't know what exactly, or anybody knows what exactly the situation is. I mean, the reports are saying it's just knee stiffness. He played but,
1: one game and he had stiffness, and yeah. he showed up in the second quarter. He didn't even start the game. You're yeah, one game and, and you have knee soreness. That's a problem.
0: Yeah, and we only play, what, 20 minutes in that one? Well, he's played two games. He played, he played two. Uh, okay. Yeah, 21 minutes in each, but. I mean, regardless, what were you what was your off-season regimen and 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 recovering from your your injuries that you've suffered where you didn't play all of last season? You had the entire off-season coming into this year. Now two games in where you had two days off in between those games. You came in, like you mentioned, in that second quarter, and your knees already bothering you. So I mean, is this the last we've seen of Kawhi Leonard? I don't know. I mean, it's It's starting to look that way to me, but at one point, and it's a hard question to answer, is at one point does the front office and the coaching staff start to worry about what's going on with Kawhi Leonard that, hey, you're paying them X amount of dollars to be the best player alongside Paul George, and right now you've only played two games, 21 minutes, you're already missing significant time. So, And like you mentioned, you hit the nail on the head that it messes with what tie loose game plan comes in game in and game out
1: and the rotation players. You don't know how
0: many minutes you're going to play game in game out. Yeah. And it's, a, and it's also an injury management thing with John wall as well, because he's coming off of knee, uh, a knee injury as well, where again, he didn't play a lot of for the Rockets last year. And you know, that was, a mutual didn't play at all for the Rockets last year. Yeah. It was a mutual decision between the two teams, but I don't know, man. And John Wall has looked good. We've seen flashes, flashes of uh, old John Wall with the Clippers. But again, he's probably going to be injury, you know, load managed as well. Uh, not to the extent of Kawhi Leonard, but, you know, it, again, you're right that it's going to just mess with the rotations and what Tyloo wants to do. And also Norman Powell hasn't looked very good to start the season either. He's been the, bad. Uh, Jackson's
1: Clippers. been bad. I mean you're looking at who's actually been consistent for the Clippers. I know Kennard randomly had uh, 10 rebounds last night, which was yeah. kind of odd, but still you're looking at who the Clippers have had that's been consistent because Paul George has had a couple of really good games. He had the game last night the game against Sacramento. He's also had a couple stinkers in there. Your most consistent player this year has probably been Zubak. Yeah. That's like that's not good for a yeah. team that was expected to win 50-plus games. If the yeah, Clippers I mean, so- really have this many injury issues for the entire season, they're in the same spot as last year, and they're a playing team.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, you look at this roster. Your top two guys, we talked about Paul George and Kawhi, injury-riddled over the past couple seasons, and then John Wall, another guy. At least he's on the court, but he's going to be injury-managed, like I said, as well, but...
1: Paul's had injury issues in the past. Yeah, and, and you've Damn just
0: man. been. Have, you're ha- at this point. You're gonna have to be relying on the depth, and it, it messes with. I guess and we said with Paul George and even the guys that you don't know. Hey, am I gonna be playing tonight? Is it gonna be five minutes. It's gonna be ten minutes. It's gonna be thirty plus minutes, like we saw some of the guys play last night for this Clippers team. And now you know they have a road trip coming up. They're gonna be without Kawhi Leonard if there is a back to back situation. Is Paul George gonna play in those first or second games in that back to back? So. Yeah, I think there's more questions right now than answers for the Clippers, and I think that's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on. And like you mentioned last night, uh, that you are your best bet on the under on the Clippers. Now if that number is north of 110-115, you got to take the under uh, just because, again... They're,
1: they've gone under in every game for the yeah, team total.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Anything else that stuck out last night outside of you know what we saw from the Clippers?
1: Uh, besides the Clippers, I really had two other takeaways. Uh, one was something I expected. I liked Toronto last night. Uh, Toronto screwed me on Friday because Embiid was out, and Maxi dropped 44. I was actually rooting for Embiid to play in that game, if I'm being totally honest with you, but he was not, and Maxi took over. I expected Trae Young to get absolutely hounded last night Mm -hmm. because Toronto has versatility. I thought Van Vliet wouldn't play. He shouldn't be playing. He had one of the worst games I've ever seen anybody play on Friday Mm -hmm. night at 1.0 for 11 from the floor. I didn't think he'd play, and Toronto looked really, really good. Siakam has been amazing this season. Trent's been very good. Scotty Barnes has been great. They just have a lot of great options. And even Coloco has been a solid young player. I'm still not a big Achua guy, but he can give you some minutes in there. I'm not a big yeah. fan, but whatever. They have depth. And mm-hmm. Atlanta can't shoot. And I thought they would end up really just pressuring Trey Young on ball pretty much the entire game. They mm-hmm. did. He had 10 turnovers. So that game kind of was what I expected it to be. Atlanta, I know that they're getting Bogdanovich back, and you know he's a good shooter. They're, they're going to have to trade for somebody at yeah. some point. They don't have enough shooting. But my yeah. other takeaway, the Nets had a players-only meeting after <laughs> losing to the Pacers over the weekend. And it worked out early on because they were up double digits after the first quarter. Yeah. And then they blew a 24-point lead to the Indiana Pacers at home but they won the game. So it could have been worse. But how do you blow a 24-point lead to an what should be a bottom feeder team after a players-only meeting? Like, what? what are you doing?
0: It's really just been – it's Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving that have been your offensive guys. And after that, it's – nobody. I mean, they don't have another consistent scorer off the bench. It's just a lot of guys that can shoot the basketball for them, right? Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal, you brought him in to play defense. He can knock down some three-point shots for you, but you don't have another guy that's coming off of the bench. Maybe Sumner, I mean, saw flashes out of You, got, the you Patty quarter. Mills who,
1: who can't guard anybody. He got benched. Seth yeah. Curry's the same kind of guy. Very good shooter. He's going to get benched because he can't guard anyone. They don't have any great tweeners for wings. And to be honest, last year, I roasted Royce O'Neal pretty frequently. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's that good of a basketball player, and he's arguably your most important role player, which is a serious red flag. But you're looking at the supporting cast. It's really not that good. Yeah. And Simmons didn't even play last night.
0: No. Yeah. And I know they have a game tonight we'll get to here in a minute. But, uh, yeah, I I took I I put some I think those small bets on Brooklyn Brooklyn Nets early which was the first quarter um, where they you know, barely got over their team total. They did cover the first quarter spread, but after that, really mediocre basketball from this Brooklyn Nets team. And it's it's going to be a concern, Scott. I know you're the Brooklyn Nets fan that when you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving having to play heavy, heavy minutes. Last night, Kevin Durant, 39 minutes. Kyrie Irving played 43 minutes. It's against That's, the Pacers. Exactly. Like you have to use
1: your main two guys to beat one of the worst teams in the league. This yeah. team has got a lot of problems. They, they really need to trade for anybody at this point mostly for rim protection Mm -hmm. and a guy could potentially be on the team that they just beat. I think miles Turner would be a good fit with
0: this team. Yeah. All right. uh, Before we get, do you have any takeaways? uh, uh, No. Yeah. I I think that we covered most of it there. Um, We talked about the nets. Yeah. Early and often I had them, but, yeah, I think they need another playmaker in there, the guy that can create his own shot, because it's it's KD and it's Kyrie. And after that, it's just a bunch of role players that are either spot up shooters as a knockdown three point shots for you. I don't know what they, they do
1: get, well. I mean, the, yeah. you look at the, even the possessions, it's all ISO stuff for Kyrie and KD. They really don't yeah. run sets. They don't have any consistent role players you can rely on game in, game out. You're hoping it's Joe Harris, but he's very three point dependent, yeah. along with a lot of these other guys. Uh, and defensively, they're atrocious. They're also one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. Like they they're, I, I don't know what they do well besides just praying that Kyrie and KD combine for like 65 points every game.
0: It's a coaching thing, I think, at the end of the day. I mean, you have two dynamic players. You're two superstar players in Duran and Kyrie Irving, but I, I, at the end of the day, I just think it's a coaching thing that Steve Nash is not a great head coach. I mean, that's no secret. That's no Sherlock Holmes. We found that out within the first year when he took over as a head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. So it'll be interesting to see how long he actually lasts here, Scott, because um, I'm I'm not sure. If they continue to keep losing games here, I, I think that it's going to have to come to a decision for the front office to make, hey, that we got Kyrie and KD back. Steve Nash is not working out as a head coach of this team. Let's give it to maybe Jock Vaughn, who's the assistant coach for this team, and see what he can do.
1: He was good or in maybe... the bubble.
0: Sure, yeah.
1: He was, the, he was the coach in the bubble, right?
0: Yeah, they I think yeah. so. Yeah, wasn't yeah, so I, I think that it's going to come to that point where you're really, really, really underachieving, um, especially if you just look at the talent on paper for this team. It's just you're two and five so far on the season, and the Pacers are three and five on the season so far. Yeah, not good. Yeah. All right. Um, before we get over to the games for tonight, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, Win. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Win Rewards on WinBet. Be on the lookout for WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will be will have better odds on WinBet giving you giving you a larger payout opportunity. Great pomo, promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. There's so much to choose from, but all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash w y n n b e t to claim your free bet today. Offers of the change. terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in the state where play-through winbet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And the Sports Gambling Podcast is giving you a chance to win your choice of either an autographed Lawrence Taylor or autographed Brian Dawkins jersey. Contest is completely free to enter. All you got to do is subscribe to youtube.com slash Podcast. Comment on a video. Each new video is a new chance to win. And turn your notifications on so you don't miss when SGP is contacting you when they pull the winner. All right. uh, Let's get over to the schedule for tonight. Here's Scott. Um, Four-game schedule, like I mentioned. And we'll kick it off with the first game on the schedule. It is going to be the... Chicago Bulls taking on your Brooklyn Nets. 7:30 um, Eastern start. It's gonna be a home game for the Brooklyn Nets. Currently seeing the Nets as a one and a half point home favorite here. Total is sitting at 231 money line, minus 125 for the Brooklyn Nets and plus 105 for the Chicago Bulls. Check the injury report here. We know Ben Simmons should be playing tonight since he did not play last night against the Indiana Pacers. Um and I think that may be the only significant guy uh, that maybe uh, that is in. I don't know if there, anybody else was announced out, but they don't have an injury report submitted yet. For the Chicago Bulls, uh, we know about Lonzo Ball. A couple of questionable tags. Uh, Kobe White questionable right now with the left quadricep contusion. Uh, last note I did see is that Zach Levine will play tonight against the uh, Brooklyn Nets, but he will be out tomorrow on Wednesday. Andre Drummond has been ruled out for this game. He has a left shoulder sprain. Um, and Io DeSumo is also dealing with an injury as well, and we already know about Lonzo Ball for the Chicago Bulls here. So, Scott, we see the Brooklyn Nets coming off of a victory against the Indiana Pacers, a home-and-home back-to-back here. They'll welcome in the Chicago Bulls as a one-and-a-half-point home favorite here. Uh, what are you thinking about this game?
1: So, for this one, I'm going to lean to the Bulls. Uh, the Nets beat the Pacers. Congrats. You avenged your loss, but... I do think it's a very good scheduling spot for the Bulls. I know the Nets don't have to travel, but they did play last night, and the game was competitive, and you mentioned how Kyrie and KD had to each play about 40 minutes and change. Meanwhile, the Bulls, sun was questionable, and he's a very good player, at least for – a, I think he's a very underrated player with sure. that starting lineup. So I do think if he's absent, that's going to be definitely, I'd say, less than ideal for Chicago. But Levine's back. You have DeRozan, who we know is really just going to torch this defense, or he should. And I think Vucevic is going to have a huge game because the Nets can't rebound, and Vucevic is also versatile enough where he can actually guard. He can actually shoot the three ball a little bit. And I think Claxton is just going to be outmatched here. I'm not sure how Simmons is going to look. We'll see but I think I like Chicago here. It seems like it's a good scheduling spot. Once again, the Nets blew a 24-point lead to Indiana and barely hung on to win the game. I'm going Chicago. Give me the more rested team that's more healthy right now since Levine's back. I think that's good enough for me.
0: Give me the Bulls. Yeah, I like the Bulls here as well. I was just confirming to see if Zach Levine was actually announced in
1: he was it was announced uh, yeah. I saw it on Twitter maybe like 20 minutes ago
0: yeah so we have LeVine we have DeMar DeRozan here tonight you mentioned Vucevic I think he should have a big night as well for the uh Chicago Bulls here tonight and I think that just overall this team right now the Chicago Bulls are better uh than the um Brooklyn Nets so um yeah I think that you're right Vucevic should have a big night inside as well whether that's scoring the basketball or just pure out uh rebounding the ba- or scoring for the ball as well uh, for the Chicago Bulls. So I think he should have a big game. DeMar DeRozan looks like, you know, mid season DeMar DeRozan uh, from last season. He's averaging currently 26 points per game for them. I think that that's a, it's going to be a tough task for whoever is guarding him. And you still have Levine in this matchup as well. Um, again, You're right. I think the scheduling spot is just favorite Chicago Bulls right now, at least on this first game of a back-to-back for them, where the Nets are playing a second game of a back-to-back like we discussed earlier. So I'll take the Bulls here plus one and a half as well with you. Um, Any player props you are looking at here in this game, Scott?
1: I think Vucevic is going to have a very big game. And it's pretty difficult to actually look at the points for DeRozan and Levine in the same game because you're never sure who's going to get the volume, and they're going to steal away from each other because we know both of them are shoot-first guys. So it's going to be a little bit tricky, uh, but I do think Vucevic is in line for a very good game here. Uh, His points prop is 17.5. His rebound prop is, let me just pull that up, 11.5. I like the over for rebounds. I think yeah. Vucevic is really going to have a great spot here. The thing is, you also got to keep in mind the Nets are also really bad at rebounding because both Claxton and Simmons can't shoot. So right. you automatically draw, you do draw in the opposing center to the paint because you have two guys who are no threats from the outside. And I think if you want to talk about how Vucevic matches up, I think we'd agree that he's a lot stronger just and bigger weight wise than Claxton. And once again, Simmons can't really shoot. So Vucevic can just claw, can just sit in the paint and just, mm-hmm. you know, try to stack up rebounds. 11 and a half? Sounds pretty low to me. I think he has a shot to really go for like 15 tonight.
0: Yeah, I love it. Um, I know he hasn't had huge rebounding games so far this season, at least consistently. He did in his he, birthday. But. Yeah. Uh, he had 19 against the Sixers, and he had 23 against the Boston Celtics. Which kind of, I think the the four, I think that game was without Joel Embiid for Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, I'll no, actually Embiid did play.
1: Oh no, Embiid. Yeah. I'm trying to remember Embiid Plague is he hit the big three-pointer at the end of the game.
0: Yeah, it was that Boston game where obviously they don't have a Time Lord right now, but he had a big rebounding game, did Nikola Vucevic. Um, so, yeah, I do like that as well. Uh, maybe I'll look at some Zach Levine three-point props in there because last week uh, I think I forgot who they played. I put I put Zach Levine's over two-and-a-half three-point shots. I mean, it was at plus money. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, it's, again, two-and-a-half again tonight at plus 110. So that might be a play that I'm, I'm on as well because he gets up the volume uh, does uh, Zach Levine and, you know, maybe doesn't make it on a consistent basis, but the pure volume that he just does get up. Um, I think that's especially at plus money for him. I, I like that play. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else for this game, Scott, between the Bulls and the Nets?
1: I mean, I'm kind of automatically tempted to assume DeRozan drops a 30 piece, but with sure. Levine back in the lineup, I do wonder if that'll impact his overall usage. But you're looking at DeRozan's points; is 24 and a half. Like, really? Twenty-four and yeah. I And mean, you're looking at what the Nets defense has done against good players. Hallibur- Halliburton torched this team. We saw mm-hmm. even uh, our boy Matherin torch this yeah. defense. But even if you want to look at star players, Luka had a 40-point triple-double. Giannis had 40 points in change. The star players just kill this team every time because nobody can play defense. So if you're looking yeah. at volume alone, we know DeRozan should get to the foul line, what, 10 times?
0: Yep, easily.
1: I'll go with the over 24 and a half. It's probably my favorite play on the overall game itself. I do like Vucevic rebounds, but DeRozan cannot be 24 and a half against a tired defense that was already probably the worst defense in the league, if not bottom three.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be a rematch. We saw, I believe this was last week between the Golden State Warriors headed down to South Beach to take on the Miami Heat. Uh, currently seeing this game as a pick between these two squads. Uh, total is sitting at two twenty and a half. Let's check the injury report for both of these teams <clears throat> for the Golden State Warriors. Pretty clean other than Dante DiVincenzo is out with a left hamstring strain. Uh, we know about Iggy being out for the Miami Heat. Pretty clean as well. Victor Oladipo continues to uh, recover from the knee injury. And for also, the record, oh, I,
1: I, for, I forgot that Iguodala was still on the team. For the record, <laughs> just completely forgot that he it's actually a hell of a matchup. because you got Iggy versus Udonis Haslam.
0: Yeah. Um, and then Omar Yurtsevin is, uh, dealing with a left ankle injury. Um, yeah, we saw these two teams match up. Let me try to pull up that final score. I think that the, I want to say.
1: Golden State covered in the end. I want to say they won by like 11.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I want to say that Miami was on a back-to-back that, uh, night. They were, me, they, they
1: killed right? Portland the game prior.
0: Yeah. Cause Lillard
1: um, got hurt. They won by like 30. And I remember I gave up the Heat team total over one hundred and nine and a half. And yeah, yeah,
0: you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that game ended up as a final score of one twenty eight to one ten. Uh, sorry, one twenty three. I was to twenty three. One, 13, no, I'm sorry, yeah. they won by thirteen. Uh, but that did game get did, game did get over the total. Um, and again, the Golden State Warriors so far this season are six and one to the over this Kent season. Yeah, they don't play any defense. So um, uh, maybe a revenge spot here for the uh, Miami Heat, not on a back-to-back. Obviously, they didn't play last night. But, Scott, what do you think about this game currently at a pick'em uh between these two teams?
1: I think that this line is a pick'em for good reason because we know Miami usually, keyword usually, uh, performs well at home. The issue is so far this season, they have not been very good at home, but it's still early, so we'll see what happens here. Can I really bet Golden State after they lost to Detroit and Charlotte? Like That's the real question here, because yeah. I think when these teams are on, Golden State has a higher ceiling. So far this season, though, they have not reached that ceiling, and it seems like defensively this team's a train wreck, but you're looking at Golden State. Golden State has won each of the last three meetings by at least seven points. They've won four of the last five meetings, so Golden State has fared well against Miami in the past, but... It's really tough because it comes down to if I think that Golden State circles the game on the calendar or not. I think Miami cares more about this game. Both teams are kind of struggling, but Miami's two and five. Yeah. Like I think Miami could definitely use a win here after the awful home start this season. I don't feel great about it. I'm not going to bet on the side, but I'll hold my nose and I'll take Miami because they just played each other. Miami's definitely going to be annoyed. They lost to the defending champions, but now they have the defending champions showing up in their home arena. They're two and five. They could use a nice win. I'll go with the Heat, but I don't feel great about it. You?
0: Yeah, Golden State Warriors right now, three and four on the season. They're 0 and three on the road so far this year. Like you highlighted, losses to the Detroit Pistons and the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte,
1: um, though? Really? Charlotte? Come on. like
0: Yeah. And it was really a homecoming man. game for Steph Curry, wasn't it?
1: It was. He had a double double, I think, with like thirty one and eleven or whatever.
0: But yeah, I think uh, I got to go with Miami here as well. Um, You know, I I like backing these teams, especially in recently when they've lost to a team. I know it was a difficult situation, like we said, or not difficult, but it was a back to back situation for the Miami Heat in that game. And now, you know, when's the last time that they play on Sunday? Are they well rested? Let me double check here. So Miami's last game was on Saturday. So they've had, what, three days off here uh, in between games. And then, you know, Golden State Warriors, like we mentioned, are on this uh, road trip here. So I think this is a good spot here for the Miami Heat as well. They've lost throughout the last four games, including two straight, which included uh, the Golden State Warriors in that span. So I'm going to go with the um, uh, Miami Heat here tonight as well against the Golden State Warriors team. Uh, Scott, are you going to be riding the team total again for Miami?
1: I thought about it, but the number went up since last game. So I'm not exactly sure if I want it anymore. I was looking at some player props. I was tempted by Adebayo. I saw Adebayo was at like 18 and a half and the over was even money. He's killed Golden State for the last couple of years. I know he had 20, what do you have? 26 points in the last meeting.
0: Uh, let me double check here because I think I had the double double in this game and he fell a little bit short. Uh, the rebounds
1: weren't there, but I know twenty six and eight. Yeah, he's twenty six and eight, and you go to the past couple of meetings, he's gone over this number and I believe three of four, I think. But he's embraced a bigger role offensively, and I'm looking at who Golden State has that can guard him. He's too quick for Looney to guard him. And he's too big for like, Draymond to guard him. Mm-hmm. I just think that Bam is a good matchup against Golden State because he's owned this team in the past. So I don't mind at a bio over 18 and a half at around even money. I thought about maybe taking a play on Wiggins rebounds or Draymond rebounds. I saw Wiggins at five and a half. Mm-hmm. He had 10 against this team in the yeah. last meeting. And we know Wiggins is a very good rebounder, especially mm-hmm. in the offensive class. I saw Draymond at, at around six and a half, he had seven. In the last game, he's had seven in each of the last four meetings, and he's had seven in each of the last four games this season. However, I looked at the game log for that for the play-by-play of that Miami game they just had, and Draymond had like three or four rebounds in the final two minutes of the game, so his stats were absolutely padded down the stretch, which I think is why they're daring you to take the over at six and a half. But I think my main props for this one will be at a bio over in points. And I'll look for Wiggins rebounds at around five and a half.
0: Yeah, I like that BAM call. Uh, four straight games, he's had at least uh, 19 or more. And throughout those four games, uh, he's had uh, 24 or more points mm. against this team. And again, uh, take a look at the minutes, 30 or more minutes in all four of those games. And he's had at least uh, 13 or more attempts in all three of those. Uh, sorry, all four of those games as well. So I do like that call. And he's got to the free throw line as well uh, against the Golden State Warriors. So love that call as well. Um, Anything else for this game?
1: Not really. Uh, I just think Miami, if there's a spot to get right, I know Golden State's good. Jimmy Butler just said, I don't give a damn. We started two and five. We're winning the damn title. It's a yeah. good start to beat the defending champions after a quote like that. But it's in Miami. They could use this win. I think they'll show up with a little bit more urgency than
0: Golden State. Yeah, love it. All right, uh, let's get over to the next game of the evening. It's going to be game number three between, oh, we have a we have a doozy here, uh, Scott. 8 o'clock Eastern start time. The Orlando Magic headed to Oklahoma to take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's going to be an 8 o'clock Eastern start, like I mentioned. Looking at the lines for this game. Currently over on win bet, uh, I see the OKC Thunder are a three-point uh, home favorite here. Total is sitting at 216. Um, money line plus 127 for the Orlando Magic and minus 155 for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, uh, the significant news is that Josh Giddy is going to be out for this game for the OKC Thunder and for the Orlando Magic. I'm sorry,
1: saying what else is new.
0: Yeah, -hmm. uh, uh, Orlando Magic, uh, Cole Anthony, we know he's going to be missing some significant time with a right internal oblique tear. That doesn't sound fun. Uh, Gary Harris continues to be out. Jonathan Eisen continues to be out. Uh, Jalen Suggs is officially questionable on the injury report for the uh, Orlando Magic. He's leading with a right ankle sprain. And then Moe Wagner is also out. We know about his right foot, uh, right midfoot sprain. So some significant injuries for the Orlando Magic here, Scott. But OKC, okay, as a three-point uh, home favorite here, which way are you going in this game?
1: So... Orlando should – keywords should dominate on the glass. You're looking yeah. at Wendell Carter Jr. You're looking at uh, the likes of Boncaro. Uh, Bulbul has been good this year, too. He's been a lot of fun to watch some highlights with. So they have a lot of options there. However, I am going to take Oklahoma City, okay. mainly because if you look at the schedule Oklahoma City's had this season, they're 3-3. Three and three. It's been an absolute gauntlet. To go through the actual teams they faced already – They played Minnesota, projected playoff team, Denver, potential top three seed in the Western Conference, played Minnesota again, played the Clippers twice. I know the Clippers might not be that good because they were missing some people, but they still won both games by eight plus points. Mm -hmm. And they beat Dallas on the road by six in overtime. That's a lot of really tough competition. And now you face off against Orlando at home. I think it's a nice spot for Oklahoma city because of how much easier Orlando should be compared to the other opponents they've had. Mm-hmm. Orlando has been bad against some really bad teams and they've been decent against good teams, but I'll go with Oklahoma city. No offense to Boncaro. I think that Shea is easily the best player on the court and it's not oh, yeah. even close. He's no. been incredible this year and Trey mann has been good. Dork's been good. They just, had, they've had a lot of quality contributions here, but since Oklahoma city, has had such a difficult schedule up to this point, and now they have Orlando at home. I think it's a spot where the surging three-game winning streak, Oklahoma City Thunder, could extend it to four. Give me Oklahoma City.
0: I'll be curious to know when's the last time uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder actually won three games in a row. I think that's a a good quiz question there. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. You kind of take a look at the competition that the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder have played over their past couple games or for this win streak. Yeah, uh, sure Clippers. I mean, it's still there was the entire season. I mean, their schedule has yeah. been brutal.
1: And the Clippers yeah. were the easiest opponents, and they won both times.
0: Yeah. And, again, they put up points in that those last three games as well. I mean, against the Clippers, 108, 118. And then against uh, the Dallas, I think that you said that went to overtime, correct? Or did it not? Yeah, it did. Yeah. um, 117 that they put up. So they have guys that can put the ball in the basket. And it's really been Shea, who just because he's playing with OKC, doesn't get the spotlight some of these other players are getting, but he's averaging quietly 31 points per game because he really is the only option at this point on the offensive side of the basketball uh, with, you know, giddy being out and not really other, any of other playmakers on this team. Um, So again, I think that he continues his domination and how well he's been playing this season for the OKC thunder. It's just a concern for me with the Orlando magic injury report. I just, it's just just too many guys Mm -hmm. that are, not in the or are, are hurt or not playing tonight or in and maybe for the f- next several weeks because you now i was high on orlando coming in but those injuries are really starting to pile up for them but um yeah i i'd love shay here tonight they haven't released his uh player props uh points props yet i mean i'm seeing panquero at 22 and a half here scott um for this game that's why we kind of get into the player props here but anything that else kind of sticks out to you for the record i do like okc as well
1: I think I'd probably look at something involving (laughs) Wendell Carter's rebounds. I just think Oklahoma City, even though I picked them to win the game, they're still not a good rebounding team. So I do think you'll end up seeing a lot of opportunities. Boncaro maybe, but it's tricky with the points because he has been really unselfish for a guy who is taking a decent amount of shots, which sounds like a paradox, but it seems like a lot of his shots are in the flow of the offense. It seems like he really doesn't force the issue that much. Now, of course, if he gets the ball in his hands with two seconds on the shot clock, he's going to chuck it. Sure. But it seems like he's actually willing to read defenses, make the correct reads. And he did that against Charlotte. He had what, seven assists in that game?
0: I think? Uh, let me see. I have his game log up here. I know he had like uh, 12, 12
1: or 13 rebounds, but I think he had like yeah. seven assists there
0: 21, 12, and seven.
1: So I'm just saying, I, I do think that Boncaro isn't a slam dunk over. It was when it was like 17.5 or 18.5. Sure. Yeah. But at 22.5 now, it's a good matchup. So I think I'd lean over, but it's not an auto play like it was for the first week of the season. Yeah. But Bancaro's looked really, really good, and I think he'll probably put up a decent amount of numbers, maybe points, rebounds, and assists for him. I can see him having a big overall stat game.
0: Yeah, let me see if that number has been released yet by the books. Uh, a 34.5 points, rebounds, and assists.
1: I mean, if I'm putting him in for, let's just say, 23 points, that's... okay i mean it's cutting it close i'd probably still lean to the over but yeah it's gonna be close
0: all right uh any thoughts on the
1: total here Uh, i like the shea over for points if that counts as a total but for the actual (laughs) game total not really orlando had a great offensive game against charlotte because charlotte just no showed the entire game offensively they have not been great oklahoma city has been good offensively but i don't think they played a particularly fast pace right they're somewhere in the middle
0: I don't think so. Uh, Let me see if I can pull that up here real quick. Uh, I know I had the team information. Here we go, Pace. Um, You're asking about OKC?
1: Both teams. I know Uh, Orlando's
0: one of the slower teams. Yeah, OKC's uh, number 10 and Orlando number 25.
1: Okay, so I thought OKC would be around 15, close enough. I think Orlando's going to try to slow the pace down because that's what they do. So I'll lean under, but I don't feel great about it. But there's so many injuries that we talked about. Orlando doesn't have a real backcourt right now. I kind of have right. to lean to the under. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, let's get over to the last game of the night. It's going to be the second game of the doubleheader on TNT. It's going to be the Minnesota Timberwolves headed to Arizona to take on the Phoenix Suns uh, currently over on WinBet, bet. I am seeing uh, the line of minus four. For the Phoenix Suns as a home favorite here. Total is sitting at 228 in this game. Money line plus 140 for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And minus 170 for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of the squads. Let's start with the uh, road team here. The Minnesota Timberwolves. Kyle Anderson questionable with back spasms. Uh, Jordan McLaugh- McLaugh- McLaughlin is questionable with the right heel injury soreness, and that is pretty much it for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, for the Phoenix Suns, DeAndre Ayton is going to be out for this game. He is dealing with a left uh, ankle sprain. Uh, Tory Craig questionable with a left heel soreness, and we already know about uh, Jay Crowder, who is no longer with this team. So uh, the big one is uh, obviously DeAndre Ayton here for the uh, Phoenix Suns here, Scott. But Phoenix Suns, minus four points, hosting the Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves here. What are you thinking about this game?
1: I know it was five, and the line dropped a little bit down to four. I think it makes sense based on the injuries. The question is, do I trust Minnesota enough? Because unlike Oklahoma City, they've had a relatively easy schedule up to this point, and they've not been very good. They're four and three. But to go through who they've played, they played San Antonio, which I don't know if that's good or bad, but they've played the Spurs three times at least compared to preseason expectations, I'd say that they haven't really played anybody worth a damn. They played the Lakers. The Lakers aren't very good. So three of their last four games were against the Spurs. So just hear me out here. The uh, recent schedules uh, working backwards. Spurs, Lakers, Spurs, Spurs, Thunder, Jazz, Thunder. Mm. Really? Like, all right, is that, is that, does that jump off the page to you? For and you're 4-3 in that span. You're 4-3. and three. So I don't think you're very good. And yes, I know Oklahoma City has been better and San Antonio has been better. I get it. Once again, Minnesota was proclaimed because of the trade pieces they gave up to be a borderline super team. And you're 4-3 and and you have about seven games against the Spurs and the Thunder combined up to this point. Or six, whatever. You played them a bunch. I'm going to go with the Suns here. They're a very good home team. They have been without Aiton before. I don't remember if it was last year or two years ago. He missed like 30 games because of a a steroid suspension, and it didn't matter because they just dominated anyway. Biombo's a good center. He's nothing special offensively, but rebounding-wise, I think he'll definitely help out on the glass. The issue you run into with Phoenix is that Chris Paul really can't generate offense by himself anymore because he cannot create separation. And if you look at how the Suns have played – He's really just been a complete afterthought offensively because he lets Booker basically run the entire offense right now. And Paul's points per game, I believe he's had less than 11 points in every game except one up to this point. Mm-hmm. He's been a complete non-factor offensively. His points prop in this game was 13 and a half. I like the under. He just has not even looked for his own shot recently. But I'll go with Phoenix because Minnesota, once again, has not played anybody worth a damn on paper, and they're 4-3. and three. Give me Phoenix at home. I think they'll rise to the occasion. And Minnesota's still a young team, but they're working out the chemistry stuff. And even though Phoenix is without Aiton, they have lived without Aiton before, Mm -hmm. and they actually thrived without Aiton going into last year's numbers. Give me the Suns in a competitive game, but I think they make enough plays in the fourth quarter to cover. Give me the Suns to win by seven or eight, give or take. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, Going back to the Chris Paul note, he's only scored uh, more than 10 points once, which was against yeah. the Golden State Warriors. Um, and that was in a blowout where they won that game, 134-105. But other than that, it's been 10 points or less in the rest of the games for Chris Paul so far this season. So yeah, that's a great call there, Scott. Um, yeah, and You kind of just look at their schedule. <clears throat> They've been great defensively. right? They're number 7 in defensive rating so far this season for uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. But offensively, they're 24th so far this season when it comes to offensive rating. And I think that we had talked about this early on when we were doing the division previews that it's gonna take this time to some time for this team, number one, to find their offensive groove when you're working in a piece like Rudy Gobert um onto your team. And also the shot making that you did lose when you had Malik Beasley and you had Jared Vanderbilt. I know he wasn't a, a shot um Good shot maker, though, but he was a the- great rebounder. Yeah. yeah. Um so I again, they're they're kind of still going through the growing growing pains of figuring things out on uh, offense, and it's really been the defense that's kind of carried them. But again, the competition hasn't been very stellar either for the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. So yeah, you're right. Give me the team with that that's had the chemistry that's been together despite not having uh, Deandre Aiden. You're right that Biombo is a more than capable starting center that can you know block shots for you, protect the rim, and get rebounds. Um, and he's going to be. I don't want to say. He'll be a tough matchup for Rudy Gobert that you know you'll get the effort from Bismarck Bimbo mm-hmm. in this game, so um I'm there with you give me give me the Phoenix Suns in this game as well. Uh, I think they probably had a wake up call in that game when they you know had to come from behind Dallas and like a, in that I think it was like the first or second game of the season, but they've been rolling the first ever game. Since they're only like
1: twenty four in the first half they've been great yeah. ever since,
0: yeah. Um, so I love that. I, I'm currently seeing this run a trend towards minus three and a half for the Phoenix Suns. So maybe wait, if you do like the suns here tonight, um, mm-hmm. as it is trending towards, um, three and a halves here, looking at some player props in this game, Scott, I know you mentioned, uh, Devin Booker, his is right at 28 and a half. Anybody else that kind of sticks out to maybe as another guy that's going to have to step up in the absence of Deandre and just put the ball in the basket for the Phoenix suns.
1: Well, I mentioned Chris Paul under, and that has been heavily juiced now. I know yeah. it was like minus 120 last night. Now I think it's minus 150. But once again, he's not looking for a shot. And you're, I'm trying to think of who else is going to really step up. And so far, it's been Mikkel Bridges, who's been very good for the last couple of games. He's also been good against Minnesota. So I do think that he could have himself a pretty big game here. I believe his line was 14 and a half points. Uh, for who, I'm points. sorry? Uh, Mikkel.
0: Mikkel Bridges, 14 and a half, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I think that that's definitely worth a look. I had some stats I actually prepared, uh, but I got to hold them up really quickly. I was doing a prop show later on today. So, uh, Mikael Bridges has scored at least 15 points in each of the last three games, and he scored at least 16 points in four of his last five games against Minnesota. Chris Paul's not shooting. Now, Aiton, who got a decent amount of shot attempts per game, is not going to be in the lineup. So, somebody's got to shoot, and Bridges has been more aggressive recently, Give him Mikel Bridges over 14 and a half.
0: Yeah, like it. Um, I gotta say with Devin Booker, man, I just don't think that either Anthony Edwards or D'Lo is gonna be able to stay with Devin yeah. Booker. And
1: I think that's for 40 tonight, to be honest. Yeah.
0: And he always comes out firing in that within that first quarter. He's in double digits. Like it's yeah. automatic for Devin Booker within that first quarter because he pretty much is the offense. Again, you know, he's playing the minutes, he's averaging 36 per per game. He's getting up about 20 shots per game as well. Three-point shooting hasn't been up to par of where we've seen, at least over the last couple games here, for uh, Devin Booker, where he's only 1 of 11. But, sorry, prior to that, he was 3 of 8, 5 of 9, 3 of 7 against uh, Warriors, Clippers, and the Golden State Warriors. Sorry, against the Portland Trailblazers. So maybe he gets back on track here tonight against the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Kind of want to see where they kind of sit as far as uh, – three-point defending. Maybe that's maybe worth a prop here tonight. Let me see. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, opponent three. uh, They're kind of middle of the pack as far as percentage. But as far as makes, they are number 25. They're giving up close to 14 per game. So maybe some Bridges three-point shot props in there. Maybe uh, Devin Booker you want to throw in the drawer. Cam Johnson might be a worth a a look here tonight as well uh, for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Anything else, Scott, for this game before we get into our lock and dog? I really like the under in this game. Okay.
1: I, I just think that Phoenix, based on pace alone, we know with Chris Paul and company, they want to play slower. Like you're looking at the numbers. Phoenix rings 24th in pace. Minnesota does ring fourth, but I think Phoenix should try to do whatever it can to actually dictate the pace. And Minnesota's been playing a bit slower lately. They had mm-hmm. a game against San Antonio, and that game ended up landing at 205. They had a game against the Lakers. They don't guard anybody, and that game yeah. landed at 213. Uh, but I think that this total is too high because I think Phoenix is going to try to keep the game in the half court, run their basic stuff. And Biombo also doesn't have much offensive talent, which definitely eliminates an actual option because Aiden could walk into 20 and in 10 in a given game. I like the under. There has been some under money. It ended up dropping from around 230 to 227 and a half. I still like it a lot. I'm going to go with the under.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, they're, they're playing with a lot of pace or what fourth in the league, but like I mentioned, their offensive ratings at 24. So you can play as fast as you want, but if you're not putting the ball inside the basket, that's just going to lead to more unders um, for the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves games. And yeah, you kind of take a look at some of their games. Um, I think they've only had two games so far this season that have scored or gone more than 225 points. Um, that was against Utah in their second game of the season, and then the other game was against the Spurs, 134-122. Um, so like you mentioned, two out of the three games that they played the Spurs, only one produced more than 225, or even if you go 227, um, which is the number tonight between, uh, for, at least for the games for the Minnesota Timberwolves, Mm. All right, uh, Scott, let's get into our lock and dog for the schedule here tonight in the NBA. Only four games to pick from, but hopefully we can uh, put out some winners for you guys. Um, Scott, why don't you leave us off on, man? Uh, lock and dog for tonight.
1: All right, so for my lock, uh, I've got a couple of props I could choose from. I could make a joke and go Ben Simmons under eight and a half because he's just guaranteed to score like five points every game. But I'm going to go with DeRozan over 24 and a half. I just think that number's too low. He's against one of the worst defenses in the league. Not only are the Nets bad at actually guarding teams, they also foul a ton, and DeRozan mm-hmm. might live at the foul line. Levine's going to play, but I wonder if he's on a minute restriction because it's kind of been a bit of an issue with it's his knee, I think, right? It's yeah, his knee, it's his knee, yeah. Which is definitely concerning because he's had knee issues in the past. So I do think that you could end up seeing him play 30 minutes. DeRozan might play 35, so I think he'll get a decent amount of workload there. But 24 and a half for an elite scorer like DeRozan, who really can pick his pick whichever matchup he wants in this in this game. Like Simmons has not been great defensively, or he's been rusty, so to speak. Kyrie, we know isn't a great defender. I don't think Durant's going to guard him at any point because he's, he's going to try to save energy. I like DeRozan over 24.5. I just think that he's in a good spot to go for a 30 piece.
0: Yeah, I mean, no argument for me, man. I mean, look, he's been getting it done so far this season. Just a pure matchup against his Nets team that just hasn't been very good defensively. Shocker there, but um, yeah, he's averaging, what, close to 29 points per game so far this season. I think he'd get that done here tonight against the Brooklyn Nets. All right, so lock for Scott DeRozan, over 24 and a half. Where are you taking us for your dog for the night?
1: So for my dog, I was contemplating because I, actually kind of liked a lot of the favorites today and i don't think chicago is a big enough dog for me to take them right i mean i don't think i can get away with that
0: uh i was gonna put them as my dog because like you're right there's pretty much the only other they're the only dog that i like and right now i'm starting to see them move towards even money so i mean if you want to throw that out there if you have a prop i don't know whatever it's it's a very small slate to pick from especially when the lines are this tight here tonight
1: yeah um I'll tell you what. I'm going to pull up some alternative player props. You uh, think you can just take over and get yeah. back. To-
0: so let me do this. I'll, I'll start with my lock here. I'm going to go with the alt spread on the uh, Chicago Bulls. I think we'll play it that way because I think if they win this game outright, I think that they probably do it comfortably. Uh, Well, maybe not comfortably, but at least by, I think, a couple possessions here. So I'll go uh, I Chicago found Bulls
1: money line at plus 102. Okay. So
0: I'll go Bulls. Now. I'll go bulls minus three at plus one twenty five on an alt spread here tonight. I I I you know we talked through it, we talked about the the Nets being on a back-to-back here. Uh, they just haven't been able to take care of competition that has is is more subpar. We saw that against the Pacers um two nights ago. We saw that last night. They did get the victory last night, but that game should have been a blowout after what we saw in that first quarter from the Nets. You get Ben Simmons back here tonight, okay? Whoop-dee-doo doesn't really phase me at all, but I, I think that this Bulls team is more polished. I think that the matchups, pure matchups with uh, with Zach Levine, with Demar Derozan, and with uh, Nikola Nikola uh, Vucevic inside, uh, I think that that just is an it is advantage. A about it. it is, yeah, Nicole. it is. I'm sorry uh, for the Bulls, so I'm gonna go alt spread Bulls minus three, uh, minus three at plus one twenty five as my uh, lock here, Scott. Um, actually, I'm going to take that as my dog. I'm sorry. So I'll start with my dog. Bulls minus three uh, at plus 125 as my dog here tonight. Uh, did you find an alternate for your dog?
1: Uh, to be honest, no. So we're okay. just going to call an audible here. It's actually a play that I like now that I actually look into it. I'm going to take Biombo over seven and a half rebounds at plus 110. I know Landell's been heavily involved, but Biombo has really the size to actually somewhat handle Gobert. I just think that he can do a good job of really matching up in the paint with regard to on the glass. We know Biombo is a very good rebounder as well. I was looking for a 10 plus rebounds. I think he could really have a good game on the glass here. That's how he got paid in the first place because he was a crazy rebounder for Toronto in that one playoff series like 10 years ago. But I'll go with Biombo over 7.5, rebounds at plus 110. The amount of minutes he's going to get because Aiton's out is huge and Mm -hmm. Gobert can't shoot. I think he'll be in the paint a lot. I'll go with that prop.
0: Okay. Love it. Um, There's a couple of ways that I wanted to go, and mine is also going to be a player prop here tonight. Um, and uh, He's at minus 115. So this is for my lock They just dropped Shea's uh, player prop for points here. It's at 27 and a half. I think that he's going to have a field day here. I think, you know, we talked about it. It is a little bit of juice at minus 135, but if you get that juice, yeah, there you go. So if you want to buy that up to 28 and a half or, you know, pay a little bit less juice, but at minus 135, I'm so comfortable with that for Shea. Look, we talked about how he's just having an absolutely fantastic season so far. He is a primary scorer for this uh, OKC Thunder team not having Chuck Holman in the season, not having Josh Giddy, at least for this game and maybe for the next couple games as he deals with the ankle injury. But on the season, he's averaging 31 points per game. He's gone over this number in four out of the five games that he has played in. And I think that there's uh, serious issues right now in the backcourt, at least for the uh, Orlando magic with the injuries that they are dealing with, with Jalen Suggs, who has an ankle injury. We know Cole Anthony's going to be out. So, I just don't think that there's enough defensively for them to stay in front of and prevent uh, what Shea can do on the floor. He's playing 36.6 minutes per game. He's getting up 24 shot attempts per game, and he's made double digit field goals in all of those games. And he's getting to the free throw line as well, where he is so far this season, a perfect uh, 100 percent from the free throw line. So all those bots are checked for me. Uh, for Shea here, so my log, I'm going to go SGA over 27.5 points here tonight against the um, Orlando Magic here, Scott.
1: I'll probably end up doing some type of player performance boost. I'll take like Shea 25 plus and Thunder win or 30 plus and Thunder win. If they're going to win, Shea's going to play well, and that's why I think that the Thunder are going to win.
0: Love it. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Um, Scott, anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here, my man? I know there's a four-game schedule, but uh, hey, we still go through every game.
1: Yeah, uh, so just to recap my lock and dog, because I was kind of all over the place. I'm yeah. going with DeRozan over 24.5 points at around minus 125 as my lock, and I'll yep. take Biombo over 7.5 rebounds at plus 110 hoping for some extra volume because, of course, Aiden is out. But besides the NBA, you can also find me on the NFL Gambling Podcast. I know Terrell and I are about to record an episode there. Probably should get posted sometime tonight. Besides that, probably have a tennis podcast coming up sometime tonight as well, so stay tuned for that. And besides that, you know, NBA season's upon us in full swing. So far, so good, and let's keep it rolling.
0: Yeah, now we have enough data uh, where I think every team has played at least five games now uh, so we can, you know, really make some determinations on teams as well. So uh, early on in the season, it's a little difficult when we don't have enough data and things to go off of. But I think we're starting to, you know, slowly accumulate that with now teams playing at least five games um, for uh, their respective schedules. So where is where
1: yeah. is he at? Now? Where is he at now? Take that Ooh. for data. Where's Fisdale at? Yeah, <laughs> we you brought know, up. You know, you said the keyword data that immediately leads me to Fisdale. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll be back tomorrow for the Wednesday schedule. A big schedule tomorrow, a lot more for us to pick from. Um, make sure to check out our picks over on uh, tally site. All you got to do is go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Just go to NBA, hit that NBA tab outside of myself, Terrell. Uh, we have other guys that are picking games as well uh, for uh, the NBA. So check out the picks there. Um, but again, like I said, we'll be back tomorrow for the NBA Gambling Podcast. Till then, good luck with your picks here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride.